Welcome to Mixed Company. Bringing the siloed and uncomfortable conversation we have with our friends to the forefront so everyone can participate in the conversation. We say all the things you never would in Mixed Company. Welcome to Mixed Company. So we're recording. All right, guys. So we are back with another interview. This one is very special. This one is very, very, very black. Another uh, one. Um, <laughs> and I feel like that is, that's probably where we feel most comfortable. So I'd like to uh, go ahead and welcome the uh, queen, if you will, <laughs> of black advertising right now, Miss Candace. Miss Candace Queen, how are you? Good, good. Thank you for having me. So you're gonna, you, I want you to hold the mic up because okay. I want them to hear you. Because I want, I like, we have, we have to, we have to All discuss. Right. <laughs> we have to cuss and discuss and I'm so ready how has the conference been going for you these it's been past really days? amazing um this is my first three percent conference mm. so i was really excited this is my first time going into a space where there's such a large amount of women mm. um, i'm also really pleased to see the diversity in women mm. um the representation and i'm excited like there's just been so many riveting panels so many panels that have real in speakers who just really pushed the buttons and, and really pushed us to have those conversations that we need to be having right now. Amazing. Um, you moderated a panel or you yep. were on a panel today. I moderated, moderated yep. a panel mm -hmm. today. What was that one about? So um, it was funny because they changed, it started out as just creative leadership and I just so happened to look at the agenda and it said creativity at scale and I was like, okay, I think I know what we're still talking about, but okay. Um, and so basically we focused on building teams, um, building diverse teams and making sure they're unified, mm -hmm. especially in this space right now where we have so much division and so much discourse. And then also a big, big topic that came up in our pre-session where we just discussed what questions we we're gonna go over um, that's come up a lot even on the ground at the after party events and all that stuff is retention and growth mm -hmm. um, because we have because <laughs> yeah. we have a lot of, of exits happening and like where like we're bringing it we have made uh, I'm a Maper 2014 okay all right and we have so much talent like there's no excuse like the talent is there um, but how are the agencies approaching it? How can they approach it the correct way? Because right now they're, it's like they're approaching it the wrong way. Do you and think they're approaching it at all? Yeah. Because yeah. So, I'm like, I'm actually surprised to hear you say approaching it the wrong way because I yeah. don't think they're approaching it. Because also on your panel, Tracy made a joke, but I thought it was a really valid opinion where she said, pup managers at Popeyes get more training than managers in the advertising industry. <laughs> and but then Popeyes, then Popeyes, <laughs> listen. Because you know you have an order of three-piece uh, tenders and you get a fifth one. And, and like, because that is God. Popeyes. Like, yeah, so I, that's real customer service. I, I, listen. I, everyone laughed, but when, when we think about it, it's true. And she, you know, she said, well, you've, you've been in this role for 10 years and so now you're really skilled at it. And so now we're gonna make you a manager um, which speaks to tenure, but it doesn't speak to development. Um, and so when you, when you talk about this, the, the lack of retention and people of color yearning development and opportunities, I feel like it 
like we need to talk more about how they're developing us because if they don't, we're seeing it now. There's an exodus happening. Um, like we're going to keep leaving. Yeah, and I I do feel like some agencies are approaching. I would I wouldn't make the statement that uh, like all of them are just like not even trying. I do that. The most recent agency that I was at was Policist.Sapient. I think that's their name. They change it a lot. Um, <laughs> yes. But, yes. But they, um, re- the team that I was on uh, and the, the leadership that I had, there were specific checkpoints. What do you need to grow? Are we giving enough for you? Um, so I'll shout, shout out right now Amy Ditchman, Joshua Koenig. Um, Jorge uh, Parmaneta, like th- they got it, um, and I wish I could just take their secret sauce. One, they're a diverse team. Um, they represent women, Latino community, the LGBTQ community, and I, I feel like that has a lot to play in it because they've all had their own barriers as well. Another mm-hmm. point Shannon uh, made uh, during the panel is that a lot of times you know, people in the minority position lead from a place of deficit. Mm. And so, and so I I see this, I think essentially I was blessed, you know, to be placed on a team like that to where I didn't really have that issue. Before I had challenges with growth and I, you know, I'm proactive. I'm going to go ask you like, hey, how did I do with this? Or hey, how can I improve this? And I've had, you know, shoulder shrugs. I've had that stuff just hard to learn and you know, that was the end of that conversation. And so I, I think for me, people are trying and people are doing it out there. It's just not enough. Yeah. And that's why we're losing so many right now. Right. What I think is I've actually never considered the piece about leading from a place of deficit. Can, did she explain a little bit more of what that actually meant? Yeah, essentially it was, when she was speaking about it, it was more so towards women because of the topic of the panel, but essentially it's the it's a concept where you're leading based on what you didn't get when you were coming up in the industry. Mm-hmm. And like parenting. Yeah. Yeah, basically. <laughs> I'm going to give my children everything I never had. <laughs> <laughs> Do better than I did. Sure. Yeah. yeah. That's amazing. So with that, you have this opportunity to moderate this dope-ass panel, but that doesn't come from nowhere. It's because you are a dope-ass woman and a dope-ass woman of color. And it's because you created the platform Blacks in Advertising. So tell us a little, I mean, I obviously know a lot about this because, you know, (laughs) Black in Advertising. But for people that are not sure about what the platform is, what it does, why Mm -hmm. it's important, and why we got to say Black, talk a little bit about that. So... I think one thing that we can all agree on is that representation matters and you really need to see yourself to see yourself in that position a lot of times. And so for me, Blackson Advertising started with me just curiosity, like, you know, I want to own my own agency one day. And I found uh, a lady, Carolyn Jones, and she ran several agencies. I didn't learn about that. I, you know, I majored in advertising. I went to grad school for advertising. We never touched. They don't teach that. Mm-mm. No. And I'm also like a big history buff. So I was like, like they don't talk about any of these people. I just kept digging and digging and digging. And I came up with all of these names that I'd never heard of, never seen. You know, like really you see, um, you see Tom Burrell a lot, mm-hmm. uh, Bill Sharp. Um, but you don't see that, that much else beyond that. 
And so I just started digging deep. I started digging deep into Tom Burrell and Bill Sharp's stories. And that kind of, okay, well, they knew this person. They were the people who um, amplified this career. And so it started out as just a profile project. Every Black History Month, uh, since I moved out to Chicago, um, I would put out a series of profiles. So the first one was all very historical. The second one came the month after during Women's History Month, and it was a bit more contemporary, like people who were current in the industry. Um, then the next one, um, we actually collaborated with other organizations. That was the first time we did a partnership, and we collaborated with Ad Color, and like they just they shared out our content. And then the most recent one was with Ad Club of New York. And mm -hmm. so I worked with Erica Riggs, and she, um, so it was very much so a partnership where she handled getting all the content and the features, and that opened a, another door because she had connections that I, I didn't have access to, and then I handled the creative direction for it. So going forward, I'd really like to see the organization be more service-driven. So the past few months, we've started giving out travel grants, that's another limitation for people of color yeah. in the industry. Like you want to go to the conference, not, but it's so hard to get approved from your manager. Yeah. So we started doing travel grants, um, and then in December we're gonna start um, a call for applications for a board. So I want to do more events, you know, more programming. So with all the digging that you've done with the profiles and the history, what is one thing that we can learn and? bring now to help the retention problem, to help you know have people stay in the industry? What is one thing that you found in your learnings? A big part of it is education. So Bill Sharp um, had the basic ad course that he collaborated with the 4As on. And so that was a course that brought in um, a group of black professionals that you know were interested in the ad, being in the advertising industry. And so I think, well, I know that one gap for me when I first started in the industry was that I didn't have many people educating me on what was the next step, especially as a creative. Um, so I'm an art director designer by trade. And so that's something that's subjective. And mm -hmm. if you bring it to this, and no one tells you about the politics of it, if you bring it to this creative well, we director. We do. We will tell you about the politics. <laughs> we actually quite frequently discuss <laughs> the politics, yes. If you bring it to this one, uh, do it like this because, you know, he or she would be more receptive to that one. Or if you bring it to this one, you might they don't like all that, you know. Yeah. Um, it was probably midway into my career that I learned to just start asking people that I I'd built trust with, okay, this, I'm not moving forward. I'm not getting the help where I should be getting the help. Help. Me. <laughs> Please. <laughs> all right. <laughs> and even with that, like, I mean, I can't speak for everybody, but to your point, midway through your career, you you realize that you have to ask for it because you also recognize that it's not readily available. Like, feedback is not readily available to yeah, you. Yeah, exactly. Even if you do have a status meeting with a supervisor, even if you do get a 360 review, no one's giving you feedback for whatever reason, whether it's fear, whether it's lack of understanding what the hell the concept of feedback is, or what you actually have to, you have to be your own manager and your HR director and you are the employee at the same time. And then otherwise, you find yourself on a, oh, well, you need to put you on a performance plan. 
But why? Yeah. Where is the track record of, of all the issues? I've the, heard so many the stories PIP. like that. Yes, I, I've, I've been there. Yeah, I think you just said some triggering shit for a lot of people. <laughs> like, yeah, because that's that's what happens, and I think it's really about. And I I, I think I'm gonna keep coming back to this over the next couple of months of managers just not knowing how to fucking manage, um, and us being on the receiving end of that and basically being negatively impacted by being led by people who don't know how to lead. I had a conversation with somebody earlier um, where they mentioned that there is no one to treat, to teach you what the next job is because there became a point where there was no one to, to teach who's managing right now what their job was. So like even just it never even dawned on me, but even just removing the line of like the middle, middle management, like you have middle management and then there used to be, like we always ask like, why do I need a senior and then a, a, a super senior and then you get to be the yeah. group and then you get to be the VP and it's because there's somebody that actually has to see you um, along each step of the way and we don't have that. So I'll, I mean, I will constantly always get in somebody's ass about, I mean, you're just not a good manager, but who taught you? The same yeah. way you can ask somebody when they're hurt, who hurt you, who taught you or who yeah. didn't teach you? Yeah. So that sucks as well. Um, womp womp. <laughs> <laughs> I, do want, I do want to ask though, because I was looking for it in Fishbowl. I wasn't being disrespectful. I was just trying to like search for it. There was a comment on Fishbowl about the name Blackton Advertising. Mm -hmm. And it was literally like, why do we yeah. need to say this? Um, it was actually funnier than that. I wanted to read it verbatim, but something along the lines of, I've never heard an African American, I've never heard an African American refer to themselves as a black. What? And I was like, <laughs> and I was like, you must not be in many African American conversations because I was like, depending on who I'm talking to, like, the, you might get the joke. But yeah. what, what did make you uh, decide to name your platform, Blacks in Advertising, as opposed to African Americans in advertising, or people of color in advertising, or pe people of African descent who may work That's in the marketing really field. Right. <laughs> so I'm black. I'm black. Yes. And black. I'm a black Creole woman. Yes. I have a heritage from Louisiana. There are so many types of black people. Yes. And this nation, we're not all African American. No, we are not. And when I, I started the platform, it started, again, just with profiles, right? Um, I didn't know what kind of programming I would want to do. It just started with, I just want to like share these stories. I'm a storyteller. And so I didn't want to limit myself to just profiling African-Americans either. Like, they're, like the one club goes to South Africa for their boot right. camps. Like I want to talk to Ste North Carolina. Club Stephanie, if you listening, I want yeah, to Stephanie Smith. <laughs> Stephanie Smith was good. <laughs> I want to go over there and interview them. I want to learn about their stories. Like the African diaspora is huge. Yes, My child. dad uh, used to work in Papua New Guinea, and he was like, "There's a lot of black people down. There are all black people down. It's like down there under Australia. What?" Yeah. And they're everywhere. And I really love that. I think it's the most beautiful thing. And I, w I didn't want to limit myself. And then a lot of people say, well, that sounds like a, it's not super creative, right? But my thing is, I just, I go to a lot of different events. Um, I'm in a lot of DNI spaces. 
And I feel like it tend, things tend to get watered down. They might start off focused more on creative, black people. Yeah. Right. So I was like, look, I just want to be clear. I don't want you to have no question. Advertise, so you know no exactly questions. what it is. <laughs> it's, that's it. Uh, we'll have like there are initiatives and everything that are are coming. There's one that's in development now, focused on educating young girls, like in high school and middle school, about careers. Black girls careers in advertising as a creative specifically. Um, that's going to be like the first big initiative. That's going to be under another name, but blacks in advertising will always be an umbrella, like a collective. Yep. So what's next for you? Which, what do you have going on these days? So in August, um, I did resign from my job at Pulis and Because it's, it's, yeah. it's the black exodus. It's like a whole like black, it's a black exodus right now. Yeah. And I don't know if it was on purpose, but and focus I was like, time. And then everyone was going out. Everyone was just leaving really quickly. And I was like, oh, man, I hope people don't think. Like, I, I really I love said that I today, but I said that today, but maybe we did. Shit. <laughs> the ancestors told us it was time to just depart. It's like we knew, like, the, an, the ancestors were calling us. And they we like, did. Um, but I really love my team. I learned so much about what I how I would want to lead a team um, within my own agency. My original plan was to start my sabbatical in January, um, but I did. I lost my dad over the summer, and it just, you know, it brought a sense of get it done, urgency. You know, um, I always talked to my dad about my business plans. He was always very encouraging. He funded everything to get Blacks in Advertising started because it costs to, you know, be a nonprofit and get your branding together and all that stuff. And I, you know, I really like. He, he was in oil and gas, but in a, in a, in a sense, that's, that's so part Texas. Of his, that's so Texas. Yes, I'm a pure <laughs> Texan. Um, he, you know, he that's a part of his legacy now. Like he really believed in me on that. So he believed in. He also believed in you know the idea I had for an agency. And I always said, you know, I went to University of Houston for undergrad, University of Texas uh, for grad school, and. I knew I wanted to have an agency that was culturally relevant, mm -hmm. um, that was putting out work that was people first, not customer service mm. first, not consumer first, that was really people and experience first. Mm -hmm. So that's what's next for me. Um, I'm just taking this time for the rest of the year uh, to really just, one, you know, take care of my mental health, um, wrap things up here in Chicago, Next year, I'll be moving to Texas. I'm going to go to my hometown and just work on my craft. Beautiful. And, you know, towards the end of 2019, I'll start, you know, the work in the process of actually setting up shop in Houston. So my agency will be in H-Town. H-Town going down. Um, and launching in 2020. I was telling Kai that I will be making my comeback, Black History Month 2020. Amen. Wait. God bless. One last question for you. What um what's your favorite Trapped and Screwed song? Oh man. Oh. I think International Players Anthem, Trapped and Screwed. Yeah. Right. Trapped and Screwed. UGK. Definitely. You're Mine, is so <laughs> Mine is so anxious. Mine is so anxious, So I get it. I get it. I, that remix is my shit. So, Candace, it's a pleasure having you yes, here. It's a pleasure for just having this black ass moment here. <laughs> like, 
I'm excited to see what you do. Thank you. Looking forward to Black History Month 2020. Now I feel like we need to get something together it's, and also get our plans. Like, <laughs> there's just something about that. It just feels like that's going to be, like, the moment. So yes. congratulations Thank on you. your success thus far. Please, please, please take care of yourself and enjoy your sabbatical. And Thank we will you. we will be speaking. Yes. 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 <laughs>